everyone. Welcome to another episode of Martinis and Magic. This is one of your co-hosts, Casey. This is your other co-host, Emily. So for this episode, we are going to be reviewing, recapping, all that fun stuff for Crescent City House of Earth and Blood. Um, this episode, we're only going to cover part one, which is only chapters one through seven. Um, we didn't think that would be a lot, but there's actually a lot more that happens in those chapters than both of us were expecting. So we're going to try to keep this at a reasonable time for you guys, but we make no promises. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> to preface, Emily has finished the second book. I have 100 pages left of the second so book. So there will most likely be spoilers for the second book. So if you haven't read that yet, I would recommend skipping this episode. Um, also, to set the mood, we would not recommend, but we are drinking. Not recommend, <laughs> unless you chill it, but I don't know. We're drinking, so Wink has a bunch of wines that are healthier and vegan mm-hmm. with, like, less sugar, and we're drinking one of those Grenaches, and it sucks. But it's wine, so we're just going to so drink it. So we're fine with it, yeah. We can't complain. What is it called? Like, A Wonderful Life? I don't know. Is that a movie? I mean, the cover, like, the sticker on the bottle's not even cute, so. Yeah. There's no pluses. Okay, so I had a long work day, so I only, like, really, like, deep dive chapters one and two. Okay. Um, like, I'll follow along with you. What I wanted to do for the first part was break apart the first houses, or the four houses of Midgard. And, like, who rules each. Do you know? I don't. No. <laughs> I, like, looked it up. <laughs> but I, like, found this thing... Okay, so we know that we have the four houses, House of Earth and Blood. Wait, I thought all the houses covered, they're not just in this one country. I think they're also in Pangera. Are they? I thought so. I thought it spanned their whole universe. Oh, yeah, it does span the whole planet. Yeah. Okay. So we have House of Earth and Blood, House of Sky and Breath, House of Many Waters, House of Flame and Shadow. We don't know much. I mean, in the book, it, like, explains. So, from our understandings, different species fall within the different houses. And once you hit, I don't know if there is even a certain maturity, but you can choose to, like, deny your house. Defect. Defect. Yeah, because that was my second bullet point in this chapter. Well, I guess we can break down the chapter first. Um, Like, what's happening? Should we start with what we thought of the math? Ooh, yeah, good idea. We, when we both first got this book, we looked at this map for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, and I thought it was really weird how it was a map, basically, of, like, the town or the city and not the world map. Same. I And I thought in the next book we would get the world map because we talk about Pangaea so much, but we still only get Crescent City. Yeah, so for our understanding, Crescent City and Lunantheon are the same, yeah. just Luna... Is the, like, older, yeah, is the older name, and this is a city that is within Valbara, Mm -hmm. which falls within Midgard. Yeah, and I took it as Crescent City is, like, the coastal city, and, like, they sit on the water, so that's why I always feel like it's warm there. Like, I'm thinking of it how, like, L.A. is, like, So, I don't think, California. I never thought of it as sitting on the water. I just thought the river ran across it and then eventually led to the water. Because I thought they said something to where, like, it borders the, like, sea or something. Because, like, there's no sea, at least in the map. Let's see. Maybe she just didn't include it. Let's see if 
we can click because I'm on the page, but mm, it's not like letting me click there. I don't know. I thought that in the second book it said that it borders the like Reagan, Ragar, C or something. Mm, I don't know. But we could be wrong. We are not the best at breaking apart the world. That is not yeah. our strong suit. I mean, the world is really confusing. I feel like I have an overarching grasp on like ranking of power and leaders by right. now. But I mean, the first book, I was literally like, what the heck is yeah. happening? The <laughs> It was very intricate and like... I still, like, by the end of the book, like, second book, I was like, I still don't completely understand the world. I really do think if I, so we haven't reread the first book, I guess, doing this, we are rereading it, but I bet if I reread it, I would understand it a lot better, because I remember when I first read it, I was skimming, being like, they'll explain it every Mm -hmm. time we get presented something, and she, like, really didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I was waiting for it to, like, click and be like, oh, that totally makes sense, but I feel like it's just so intricate. That, like, we really, like, I'm like, do I need to make flashcards? I mean, Or, like, you seriously. texted me and you're like, we need to draw a diagram. Yeah. It's very confusing. So, um, any of our listeners out there, if you have a good link or something that you can send us that breaks it down, like, please let us know. Yeah. And uh, I don't have a, never mind, actually, I'm starting to touch some stuff I want about jumping in. Um, I did really like the first sentence of how she started this book, like, there was a wolf at the gallery door. Like, obviously, now we know it's Danica and it's nothing menacing. But, like, reading that, I was like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Same. I thought it was bad. And I also, I mean, of course, this was the book I read after Akatar. So I was like, oh, a wolf. Like, there was a <laughs> wolf in the first chapter. No, no, I wasn't thinking of Tamlin. I was thinking of that wolf she kills. Oh, Andre, Andreas yeah. or something. Okay. Uh, since you did one and two, do you want to break them out or do you want me to? Um, how about all go through, but anything that I haven't touched on? Yeah, okay. just so we're going through order. Okay. Um, so I want to start off in chapter one. We are introduced introduced to Bryce, who is working at Griffin Antiques. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to her friend Danica, who is currently knocking at the door, who we learn is a shapeshifter, which is why she's a literal wolf at the beginning. Yeah. Because it took us a while to figure out, are they talking about these characters literally? Um, I remember we were discussing that. We're like, is she... Because like, you don't get her wolf part till she changes to, like, I think, chapter two when they're like leaving or something. Mm-hmm. And we were like, is that just like... What's, like, a metaphor that she's using? Right. Or is she actually in her wolf form? Yeah. So, friend Danica's at the door. Bryce is working Griffin Antiques, which is essentially, like, not a library. It's, like, not a library. It's not a museum. But it just houses, like, really ancient and valuable artifacts. So, this was one of my bullet points to talk about what we think it looks like. Because at first, I pictured it, like, very old school and, like, an old antique, like, vintage shop. And there's, like, stuff everywhere. And it's, like, falling all over the place. And it's, like, crammed. I picture it modern. But, like, now that we know that the Nox or Nox tank or whatever is 100 gallons of water, it's, like, the size of, like, a warehouse. Yeah. I mean, I so I picture, it like, the stories. library they renovated in my hometown. Okay. No one's going to know that. <laughs> I, I know, picture, but, like... I just picture, like, a ginormous library. Space. Like, stacks and stacks and okay. stacks of stuff. I really... I've never... I haven't seen fan art of it, and I really wish someone would have done a fan art of, like... It's not that much fan art, like, of Crescent City in general. I know. It's still new, so, like, that makes sense, but... Um, so, we get introduced to Danica, and we also learn that she is working for someone named... 
I say Jessica. I say Jessica too. Or no, I was going to say I say Justiva. Yeah. But so I switch it around a little bit. And then she has a coworker named Lahaba. 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 Which we know to be Lele, and she is a fire sprite. She's our favorite character. Um, so I kind of want to go through and just like explain who those four characters are and what we picture them looking like. So Bryce is half fae, half human. So she has fae ears that come to a point. She has fire red hair. I picture her on the shorter side and curvy. I I picture her like 5'7". I picture her a little on the taller side. I picture her like Kourtney Kardashian with red hair. Kourtney Kardashian's tall. Oh, no, she's not. I'm thinking of Chloe. So I'm, I'm picturing her like... Kim Kardashian size with red hair. Kim Kardashian is not 5'7". She's not? Kim Kardashian is literally like 5'1". Oh, They're shit. like tiny people. I did not know that. Isn't that insane? Wow. Like, Khloe Kardashian is not super tall. She's like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, Kim and Courtney are just very, very wow. small. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Okay, well, I picture... I just <laughs> feel like they always... Or SJM always describes Bryce like... Um, Kirby. Not curvy, but I feel like she says, like, like I don't think she's ever, like, that's what I'm looking for. Like, sometimes when she talks about, like, Thera or Nesta, like, she's like, oh, and they could, like, had to peek over her shoulder, can, like, curl in between them. Like, we never, it's always that, like, Bryce and Hunter are almost, like, similar in height. Or I'm just totally I don't wrong. know. I picture her shorter. Oh, okay. I, it's I surprising because usually I picture the women smaller. I don't have, um... A paragraph actually highlighted of where they explain Bryce, but I do of like Jaseba and Danica. But you highlight in your book? I have like little sticky uh, notes. Okay. Um, and so, okay, so Bryce half human, half veneer. Um, she is best friends with Danica, who is shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. Wolf, she yeah. is the alpha. Of her wolf pack, which pack what is devils. pack of devils. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, oh, sorry, go. I was just gonna read. So it talks about it introduces her mom Sabine, but how Danica became. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That so was mine. on page seven, I'm just gonna read this paragraph because it was a good explanation of who Danica is, and it says it didn't matter that Sabine, which is her mom, was the prime apparent of the Valbaran wolves and had been her aging father's heir for centuries, or that Danica was officially second in line to the title. Not when whispers had swirled for years that Danica should be tapped to be the prime apparent, bypassing her mother. Not when the old wolf had given his granddaughter their family's heirloom sword after centuries of promising it to Sabine only upon his death. The blade had called to Danica on her 18th birthday. Like a howl, or... Yeah, like a howl on a moonlit night, the prime had said to explain his unexpected decision. So basically, there's a sword that Which we don't know much about it. Only that Sabine wants it. Yeah, Sabine wants it as like a symbol of power. I think it would make her like the alpha. Yeah. Of the pack, and the sword chose Danica on her 18th birthday. So we don't know of Rune's sword yet, but do you think that like Danica's sword is ever gonna? Be more important, like how Rune says, like the magical powers or whatever, or no? I think there's more power to it depending on who it possesses. Like it wills its power if it's in the correct hands, mm-hmm. which I mean, Crescent City 2, I think it will be Ethan, but yeah. I that's not confirmed yet. 
I just think it's so confusing that we have these two swords that are just so important. I think it... Like, you got confused by them. You were talking to me, and you're like, aren't they the same sword? And I was I like, was. no. It seems like there's a lot of... I guess you would call them, like, tropes. Like, items. Like, physical yeah. items that connect to a certain power. Yeah. Or, like, okay. that represent, like, a sense of power. Um... And so Danica is explained to Bryce she is in a bad mood <laughs> because... You literally said that you want to describe those four characters oh, and we didn't describe oh, yeah. what they looked like. So we describe Bryce. We, oh, how do you picture Danica? I picture exactly how the fan art does. Same. That's exactly how I picture her too. Yeah. She has like this white, long, blonde hair with streaks mm-hmm. of rainbow in it. Yeah. She looks super similar to... Who did I compare her to? That... um not the superhero, the Joker's girlfriend. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie. Yes. Yeah. Who, That's oh. who we are picturing for Danica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like such a badass. So I picture Danica looking like her and tall. I picture yeah, her I like picture five tall. eight. <laughs> I picture her tall too. Um, just Siba. I picture similar again to the fan art. She has like a white bob. I picture it like chin length. Mm, I picture it more like pixie cut. Oh, I picture it like chin length like this, like very straight, almost like. Charlize Theron. Who? Charlize Theron. I don't know who that is. You're so bad with, like, actors and actresses. I know. But I picture her really pale with, like, a white blonde pixie cut. Like, badass in her 40s. Same. I picture her in her 40s, too. Um, and then Lehaba, my favorite. Oh. I picture, like, the size of Tinkerbell. But apparently and she's, like, curvy. Super curvy. Yeah. And is, like, all, she's, like, the size of a big flame. Yeah. I picture her probably, like... The size, like... Mm. I would say, like... I would picture her actually the height of our wine glass. Yeah, which... You guys... a wine glass. Yeah. Height of a wine glass. Yeah. Like, at 10 inches, probably. Yeah, and, like, the width, probably, of a wine glass, too. Yeah. So, like, the size of Hunt's cock. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt's <laughs> cock and Lehaba are the, the same, same size. size. <laughs> um... Okay, so those are the four characters we're introduced, and we come to learn that... Were you going to talk about how Jessica defected from House of Flame and Shadow? Or no, she defected from... um, What does it say? Oh, yes, right here. Oh, I have the... Okay, so... Jessica, 400-year-old enchantress who had been born a witch but defected and joined House of Flame and Shadow and answered only to the Underking yeah. himself, which I find it really weird that Me she too. only answers to the Underking yeah. based on what we know in the second book. And, like, she left Earth and Blood to go to Flame and Shadows, and it was like, what else did it say? Flame and Shadows suited her well. She possessed an arsenal of spells to rival any sorcerer or necromancer in the darkest of the houses. She'd been known to change people into animals when... It seems weird to me because I thought necromancer was a trait of House of Earth and Blood. Yeah, like the witches. Necromancers are... Oh, House of Flame and Shadow. Yeah, yeah. They are, I think. But I just, I feel like the fact that Jessica. Okay, so this is why I find it confusing. Like, a uh, demonkey mm-hmm. is what rune is. No, it's not. That means demon. Oh, I thought it was the mind reading thing. We, no, we call that, they just call it mind reading. That's what it's called in Akatar mm-hmm. Demente. No, they say a D word. Because really? um, during the comidium, he like does in someone whispers like, oh, he's a whatever. Oh. Yeah. I think they call it the same thing they do in Akatar. 
Mm, interesting. We'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Back check us, please. <laughs> yeah. So, Jessica defected from House of Flame and Shadow. She was a witch. Or I guess she still is. But now she only answers to the Underking himself. Who? The Underking is scary as fuck. He's like 10 feet tall. Yeah. I would not want to join his house. That's for fucking sure. So we learned that Danica has a meeting with the city heads later today about a human rebel named Philip Briggs. So my book says Bryce's stomach churned. The human rebellion remained confined to the northern reaches of Pangera, the sprawling territory across the Haldron Sea. But Philip Briggs had done his best to bring it over to Valbera. You and the pack busted him right in his little rebel bomb lab, though. So Philip Briggs is someone who's trying to basically kill the veneer because he wants the humans to be treated equally or yeah. have, like, some sense of power. And so he, they caught him in the process of trying to blow up a really popular club called the White Raven. And he's mm-hmm. been in prison since. And right now he what is coming to trial. Yeah, and he gets released on, like, a technicality. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is what happens. But we find out, I don't think it's in this chapter, I think it's later on, that... The humans have been rebelling. This war has been going on in Pangira for like 40 years. And now it's like slowly integrating itself into Valbara. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had... Okay, no, we talked about Philip Briggs. That was my last bullet point. Okay, and then I wanted to mention, so the night before, the Bryce... Ta- oh, sorry, the tattoo. Yeah, Bryce yeah. and Danica got a tattoo. I didn't see them explain it in they briefly paragraph. said it's where bryce is leaning on the desk and she like winces and then they're just like she's like i was so drunk right. i forgot that i got that oh sorry this was chapter two i just skipped over to no that was in chapter one the tattoo was oh it was yeah it's on page four oh. um chapter one ends with jessica calling bryce and being like Hey, you and Danica need to leave. I'm gonna. I'm threatening to turn Danica into a lizard. Mm-hmm. And then they head to the street. Um, Danica's heading to the meeting at the committee to meet with all of the like heads to go over Philip Briggs. So mm-hmm. chapter two is really just them walking on the street, and then they go to um, the gates and all that stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which so in chapter two, I wanted to point out. This is where we're introduced to something called the horn. Mm-hmm. And so on page 12, Bryce mentions that she is looking for Luna's horn on, like, uh, the order to Jessica to try and find it because someone had stole it. How long before this time period had they? Um, I think it's been a while. Not It's at least been from last week. Yeah. Um. And so it says the theft of the sacred horn during the power adage had been the biggest story out of the disaster. Looters had used the cover of darkness to break into Luna's temple and swipe the ancient fey relic from its resting place atop of the massive enthroned, enthroned deity. Um, and so we hear that the archangel Micah, who's the governor, um, is like offering a huge reward to find the horn. He wants it back. Um, and did I not highlight where Danica is telling her not to? I'm trying to find that too. She just says, like, why does she want it? 
trying to figure. Oh, right here. So Bryce is telling her about the horn, and she's looking for it. And Danica's like, "Where exactly are you doing the sleuthing for the horn?" And Bryce is talking about the meat market, um, like curious who's tied to if they're able to shut down the city's grid mm-hmm. to steal it in the chaos. And it says, "Danica's tail twitched." If they're able to do something like that, I'd suggest staying away. Lead Jessica around a bit, make her think you're looking for it, and then drop it. Either the horn will show up by then, or she'll move on to her next stupid quest. Which, like, two things. One, I thought it was fucking weird that when they're in their shape-shifting form, they can talk. Like, that kind of creeps me out that she's just a wolf speaking. Oh, yeah. I picture them, like, actual speaking. Yeah, but she's, like, in her wolf form. Um... And then two, like, she's literally baiting Bryce not to look for it. Like, she's being like, just drop it. Like, no need to worry about it. And then she talks about the amulet in the next one. Yes. Yeah, I have that. Um, So the amulet is a magical object that Danica gave to Bryce that will help protect her. Yeah. Which, initially, I thought that that was just, like... Because in this line, Danica's like, don't take that off, especially if you're looking into shit like the horn. We now know that, like, she was telling her not to look into it because, like, the necklace protected the demons from being able to, like, sense the horn on her back from the tattoo. But I, when I first read that, I just thought the amulet was, like, a protection device. Like, she couldn't get hurt when she was wearing it. When I first read it, I didn't even really pay attention to it until it came into play later on where Bryce was talking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, my first thought was, like, I literally think I pictured it from, like, if you ever watched the show Charmed. And TNT, where, like, if you, like, wore this, like, amulet, like, you, like, couldn't die or, like, mm-hmm. something like that. That's I what I thought it. it was. But, yeah. And I also thought, like, Danica's motive for that is, like, she's alpha, the pack of... I keep wanting to say pack of devils. It is. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's just, like, a protector. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. Um, we also get introduced in this chapter to Brune. We find out that Bryce has a half-brother. Mm-hmm who no one knows about, um, and from what we're picking up right now, Bryce does not like him. Right. But we don't know is... why. We don't actually meet Rune. We just get mention of him yeah. that he's going to be at the committee on yeah, Because he is Prince of the Fae. Yeah. Um, so, I actually have a lot of bullet points for this one, but what did you picture the committee looking like? The so, Comedium, or yeah. I have, like, the CBD downtown area. Oh, I have Comedium, that, too. I thought, is just, like, a city hall. Oh, I picture, like, a tall-ass building because they fly on top, like, the size of, like, Sears Tower. Wow, I, I didn't. Yeah. It's very interesting that we literally... Because, like, it, they fly on top and they work out on the roof, and it's, like, this tall-ass building, and they live there and they work there. I think it's tall. I don't think it's as tall as the Sears Tower, though. I don't picture the city that tall, though, to begin with. So oh, maybe... I do. I picture, like, a sprawling city. So I picture, like, Roman meets technology. <laughs> what? Like, I could probably draw a picture in, like, the center square, like, a bunch of gray cobblestone. But then some, like, Romanish buildings, but then also some, like, normal-looking Chicago buildings. And I picture the arcs looking like the St. Louis, like, archway. I picture, like, very modern. Like, people are flying around in flying cars and, like, very futuristic. Flying cars? Yeah. I don't picture them. They have cars. 
They're not flying. But I, that's I'm like that's the vibe, the aesthetic I get from Crescent City. I picture more like cobbles. I picture, okay, so London, so we have exact London is very old, but also modern. Like their business district. Yeah. I picture like London, but hot and sunny. It's always hot there, it seems like. You London gal. <laughs> Never even been there. But June. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, okay, so we're totally opposite on what we think the commit TM looks like. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm very confused by the like city center where all those arches are. I picture it literally like the St. Louis arch. But there's like I don't know if there's a proper name for that. But when they reach the gate of the old square, I don't think I because it's metal. Or was it you who said that they picture it? It was either you or a podcast that was saying, like, so you know those like speakers that you make a wish on. No. And the arches. Oh yeah. So, have you ever been on a playground where on one end... You go, yeah, <laughs> you talk into that, like, weird, like, <laughs> like funnel-looking thing and it comes those, out. Yep. Yep. Okay, I could see that. Okay, this is what I wanted to read, because I... When I was doing my chapters last night, I saw this, and I'm just going to read this paragraph real quick. When they reach the gate at the heart of the old square, its quartz archway is frozen... Or, its quartz archway is clear as a frozen pond... The sun was just hitting its upper edge, refracting and casting small rainbows against one of the buildings flanking it. On summer solstice, when the sun lined up perfectly with the gate, it filled the entire square with rainbows, so many that it looked like walking inside a diamond. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I just think that's absolutely stunning. So pretty. Like, yeah. SJM is so good at the words and adjectives and, like, world building that she does. Like, when I was reading that, I was like... What page are you on? 18. Okay. It's yeah. Okay. It's just like that just looked stunning to me. Like all these gates and it's just filled with like quartz ground and like there's just sun reflecting off of everywhere and it just looks like something we could never like imagine. You know what confused me about this chapter and what? like in general about the city is like how why there's so many tourists. Because I, that's what I'm telling you. It's like a sprawling, big-ass city. But would you compare it? I guess this is like, where like the depiction of, me. like, fantasy and modern day confuse me. Like, it's really hard for me to picture tourists in a fantasy world. Like, yeah. that, for some reason, just, like, really... Well, I think it's especially hard matches. because we aren't getting their whole world. Right. We're just getting the city. And we know Bryce's parents live in Nadaros, but we don't know where that is. We know it's, like, a three-hour drive or something. Right. So, like, I'm picturing it, like... A big-ass city like New York, like that, and people are coming from all over to, like, visit all of the city sites. Because, like, we also know that, like, they have the ballet and, like, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. I do, yeah. So, I think my London or, like, even Argentina comparison would be good. Like, they're very modern, but there's hints of, like, older architecture. I agreed with London. I don't agree with Argentina. I do. Yeah, because you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Just because there's so much European influence, but still a modern city. Maybe. I disagree. Thanks. Okay. If anybody can find us fan art, please Instagram DM us. Yeah, we're having a lot of trouble finding fan art. Yeah. Of them besides some of the main characters. All right. Um, what else did I have on here? Oh, okay. This is also what I wanted to read. Uh, let me see. Okay. 
this is where we were just talking about them going to like talk into the thing or whatever. This is what confused me is these fucking dial pads. Jutting out of the court about four feet off the ground lay the dial pad, a solid gold block embedded with seven different gems, each for a different quarter of the city, the insignia of each district etched beneath it. Emerald and a rose for five roses, opal and a pair of wings for the CBD, ruby and a heart for the old square, sapphire and an oak tree for moonlight, amethyst and a human hand for asphodel meadows, target tiger's eye and a serpent for meat market, an ox so black it gobbled the light and a set of skull and crossbones for the bone quarter. So I may have like missed this entirely, but what the fuck is the dial pad for? It's to make your wish on. And so originally like the, I don't know if the cities is the right word, but all those different areas has one as well. And they used to use it for communication to talk through and you have to give up part of your magic uh, to be able to make a wish. So it's it. just like, now it's just like an old, like, it's just like a fun Now thing, it is, like but at the very check. end of this book, Bryce goes and she's like, if anyone can hear me, help, yeah. help. Oh, okay. And in the second book, that's what they used to make all their like annoying city announcements. Yeah. Like, okay. Take your last pictures. The square is closing. But like that's just like really, do you just picture it like in the ground and like you just like push on the dial pad? No, I picture it like so if you have out. an arc here, yeah. there's probably like a stand that's four feet tall and then the dial pad's on there. Okay, I get what you're saying. So there's like an so arc people and like then walk the, up like to a podium it. almost and you push the dial pad and then you speak on which way you want it to go to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was having a really hard time picturing what that looked like in my head. Okay, so a lot of this is just them just messing around. They're walking, and then when they, before they go to, for before Danica goes to Comidium, they walk through the CBD and mess around. They cut in line. Danica pulls out her badge. Everybody is, like, staring at them and whatnot because Danica is super famous. Um, this line I noticed is during the first time I read it. But I think, so we had an inkling that Danica was going to be the first death. Like, we had a feeling yeah. she was going to be the one who died. And so this last paragraph on page 20 says, but Danica's face had gone solemn. I've got too many things to wish for. And so that moment, I kind of, mm. I just felt that she was going to die or something serious was going to happen. And I was really annoyed that she said, but I think I'll wish for Ethan to win his sunball game tonight. Yeah. And I was like, I remember sitting there. I think this is when we're all reading together. And I was like, she should have wished for safety because I just think something's going to happen. I don't know. Danica's behavior really frustrates the both of us. Like, she just... She could have been a better friend. Yeah, I agree. And it's just... She has a lot of secrets. Yeah. Um, we also felt like we, since we had a feeling she was going to die, didn't really... We didn't let ourselves connect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the part that I wanted to read again is because... We always, whenever we're reading fantasy stuff and they're immortal, we always struggle to understand how they age. So I wanted to point out that she describes it, which I thought was really nice. Um, so 22, it says, tech, so they call them veneers and they're talking about the drop. And then they go, technically, it wasn't true immortality. The veneer did age and die either of natural causes or other methods. But the aging process was so slow that after the drop, Depending on one species, it could take centuries to show a wrinkle. The fade could last a thousand years. The shifter in which is usually five centuries. The angels somewhere in between. 
Full humans do not make the drop as they born no magic, and compared to humans with their ordinary lifespans and slow he- healing, the veneer were, were essentially immortal. So I just really liked how she laid it all out in the open, how they age, because mm-hmm. that's something that really frustrates me when I'm reading other fantasy books, and, like, they're immortal, and they're, like, he's 400 years old, but then he's, like, fucking a 17-year-old, and it's, like, so is he actually supposed to be in, like, his late like early 20s or like you know what I mean yeah it's funny because I always like I remember first thing this is weird because I assume when you're immortal or when you are like a different like a fantasy species you don't age at all like Edward from Twilight oh like they just like I before I started reading fantasy books just assumed that you stay forever the age where you like were turned yeah that's what I thought too but now we know that's not true. No, and I think it is funny. So do you touch on the age to drop? No. Okay, so Danica and Bryce hasn't haven't dropped yet. And they say 27 was the ideal age to make the drop they decided together after years of merc- mercilessly judging the various immortals who marked their lives by centuries and millennial, blah, blah, blah. They said... <laughs> To anyone who inquired, what's the point of being immortal badasses if we have saggy ticks? Saggy, <laughs> saggy tits. Which I think is just so funny. I mean, that is so true. And, like, I they do. They have a point. Yeah. I mean, I would not want to be, I would not want to do the drop when I'm, like, 55. Yeah. The second I saw a hint of a wrinkle, I would drop within that. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, I mean, I'm already, I'm 27 and I'm already getting Botox, so bring it's it on. preventative. Yeah, exactly. All in for the Botox. Um, okay, so pretty much just more of them fucking around, hanging out. It ends with them saying goodbye to each other. Danica's going to the committee to meet about Philip Briggs, and Bryce is going back to work. Do you have anything else to add about Chapter 2? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, we learned that Bryce's parents live in a different area of the country. And- oh, yeah. Her mom is her biological mom, and her stepdad, she is basically her dad, but again, it's not her biological dad. Right. Um, We also learned about Strinks, who is the cutest little angel pie that we both want, Bryce's dog. Um, Okay, so chapter three picks up with Bryce done with work. She gets back to her apartment, and the entire pack of devils is there. So that is Danica's wolf pack. Um... So, before we dive in, we find out that Bryce is going on a date with her new boyfriend called named Reed, who's head of, like, Redner Industries. He's full human. Um, we find out through their conversation that, like, Danica is not a fan of Reed, which... He's an asshole. He's an asshole, which I would never, and I hope you would never set... Well, since I'm a single one, you would never set me up with someone who you weren't crazy about. And, like, I thought that was weird that, like, Danica, like didn't necessarily like like Reed but he was like yeah here date my best friend like I would never do that no but I also think maybe like if I didn't think that you would actually seriously seriously like someone I'd be like yeah you should just like go out with this guy because he's rich and like Like, you can get nice dinners yeah like not actually take anything serious but be like you should go on a few dates and he's hot but apparently he's bad at sex yeah he like (laughs) still had his cock in her and was checking his emails like no thank you <laughs> um okay so we really just get a lot of their like banter here and there for now 
But the one thing that I wanted to point out was um, how Bryce kind of gives Danica shit. And she's like, at least I'm getting laid. Like, what has it been? Like, three years? And we... Oh. Mm-hmm. Which we, we find out in book two why Danica yeah. hasn't had sex in a few years. Which we won't completely spoil that. But there is a reason why. So just a little bit of... A little Easter egg that SJM dropped there. We're also introduced to Connor in this chapter. Uh, Connor. I love so, him. So, Connor, they had mentioned Ethan earlier, who is Connor's little brother, but Connor is in the Pack of Devils, and he has been absolutely in love with Bryce head over heels for mm-hmm. years. Five years, yeah. They're also, like, completely best friends, and Bryce has consistently denied him just because they think it's one of those things where you're like, if we're going to cross the line, we're in it two feet in 100%. Which, like, I get... Bryce's hesitation in that because like if her and Connor don't work out like not only is she like making things awkward with like her whole friend group but she's gonna lose the best friend exactly so like I think that is a very and I think it scares her how much Connor like loves her I think Bryce has her own demons and she doesn't want to like expose that side of her yeah agreed and I think that's just a very human and like real relatable reaction yeah um but we... How I do you picture Connor? I just don't really... I picture him, like, total, like, jock almost. Like, shaggy hair and just, like... I don't picture shaggy Oh, really? I do. And, like, almost, like, high school, like, high school boy cute, but, like, bigger and grown up. Almost I don't really like know. an Abercrombie model from when we were in high school. Yeah. That's what I picture. I picture I'm older than that, though. Yeah, same. Like, age and Abercrombie model. And throw some, like... I don't know. Like, he's been around, you know... Like, I picture... Um, but not clean cut. Not I picture... Cut. Oh, my God. Who? It's who I picture Therian, but his younger brother. Liam Hensworth? Yes. That is who I picture Connor looking like. That's who I picture Castile, but, like, dark features from, from Blood and Ash. Same. I mean, kind of similar vibes. More badass no. version. Castile's more of a badass. Yeah. Oh, Castile. But Liam Hemsworth in, like, um, with Miley Cyrus. The last song? Yeah. Okay. That's how I picture Connor. I picture like, that, acting like, longer as well. hair. Like, longer hair. I just never picture long hair, even if they're supposed to. You know that. That's You picture Rune with, like, short hair, and he has, like, I actually picture Rune like hair. his fan art. Oh, uh, okay. Because it does fit... Exactly the description. Yeah. His sharp jawline makes up for the long hair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the page that I um, wanted to point out about how, like, they were, Bryce was talking to Danica about how it went and she was being a little, like, cagey. And I now think that that was kind of, like, foreshadowing on, like, all the shit she was going through. But I can't find where it is. It's, like, so hard. And so, usually. Emily and I do, like, our notes and go through the book on our now iPad, and it is so much easier. It's a lot harder to, like, flip through our books and find the passages we're talking about. We can just, like, have all of our highlights in one thing, and we can just read them. Yeah, and we don't write in our books. Yeah, we don't have the Kindle version of Crescent City. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, Chapter 3, for me, was just a lot of fluff. I don't know if maybe there was stuff that we missed, but... I mean, we did get when Bryce is leaving the um, famous lighted up 
So we that's the first time we heard that on page 39 between um, Bryce and Danica, which is that's the notorious breaks my heart TikTok song or like sound. You look like you're really intent over there. What do you? Mean? I don't know the break my heart song. I was trying no, to no, find... not the break my heart song, but it's the voice. It's the sound on TikTok where it's like light it up. Light oh, it oh, up. oh, yes, yeah. No, I was trying to find. Danica talking about Philip Briggs, and then I was also trying to find what Bryce was wearing out because I love, I love, love, love Bryce's outfits. Oh, yeah. I also love how, like, she only took, like, 30 minutes to get ready, and she's like, that's how you know I don't really care about him, which is so true because, like, if you are going out with a new guy, like, you are going to, like, stress over your outfit, and she took, like, less than 20 minutes. Right. Oh, here it is. So, oh, we found out Bryce is only 23. So, oh, but yeah. she was 23 and she might as well enjoy her generously curved figure. She gave her gold dusted legs a little smile as she twisted in front of the full length mirror propped against the wall to admire the slope of her ass and the skin tight gray dress. The hint of the tattoo from that still sore or the hint of text from that still sore tattoo peeking over the plunging back before she stepped into the living room. Like, I can totally picture it. Like, I picture, like, a halter gray dress, yeah. but, like, really, really, like, skin Like tight. a body con. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it. we've worn that in college before. A hundred percent. My 23-year-old bod. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> squeeze into she that. was able to wear a body con. 27-year-old <laughs> me, not so much. Um, I can't find the part about Danica. Like, she uses some term where it's like, oh, okay, I wish I would have noticed that before. But I can't. Um, oh, so she talks about why she's so mad about at Sabine. Oh, oh yeah. So like Bryce notices something additional seems wrong with Danica, and Danica says it's nothing, and Bryce has a feeling it has to do with Sabine, and so we learn it says Sabine courted me after the meeting right in the hall outside Micah's office so everyone could hear her tell me that two CCU research students got killed near Luna's temple last week during the blackout. My shift, my section, my fault. And we learn later on why Danica was distracted. Yeah. Okay, I found it. So it's on page 29, and it goes, Bryce studied her friend carefully, the tension around her mouth, her sweaty neck. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. The words were spoken too quickly to be believable. Something's been eating at you. Shit like this with Briggs is big, and you but you always bounce back. What aren't you telling me? Danica's eyes gleamed. Nothing. She swigged from her beer. So, like, looking back on it now, like, I can totally see that Danica was lying because I feel like when someone's But lying, I just read what she said was bothering I think her. that was a lie. Like, I think she covered that up. No, I don't think it's a lie at all because the reason that person was killed, why Danica's so upset about it, is because she was inside taking the horn. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so we're saying I just... But I just read that. Yeah. But, like, I think mine was better. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were saying she was implying something more. But I think she is also mad because Sabine did call her out and made her feel bad. But Micah killed those people to fuck with... No. Oh. To fuck with her. Right. So I think that's what it was about, and I think she used the Sabine calling But I don't out. think Danica knows that Micah killed them. She does. How would Danica know that? Because Micah used it as a leverage, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I'll have to be through the reread. Yeah, okay, well. 
Anyways, chapter three ends with her leaving for a date. Yes. Oh, okay. So chapter four picks up with Bryce walking to this restaurant. Um, she is waiting there for about 45 minutes for Reed. He doesn't call. I can't believe text. she waited 45 minutes. No I fucking never. chance. Seven minutes and I'm out. 15 minutes maybe. so mad. I can't even imagine how many missed calls James would have. Poor guy. Not poor him if he was 30, 45 yeah, minutes true. late. That's true. But I do love that she orders the like most expensive bottle of wine. Like, oh, you yeah. go, girl. Love that. Um, okay, this is what I wanted to talk about is I'm going to read this part about the Northern Rift. Um, it's on 44, the last part. It says, Since the day the veneer had crawled through the Northern Rift and overtaken Midgard eons ago, an event historians called The Crossing... Running was the best option if Veneer decided to make a meal of you. That is if you didn't have a gun or bombs or any of the other horrid things like things like people like Philip Briggs had developed to kill even long-lived quick-killing creatures. Let me skip. Can you guys say the Veneer are from hell? I think they came from other planets. Definitely. That's what I took as it. Um, yeah. So this used to be so, all humans. It says she often wondered about it, what it had been like before this planet had found itself occupied by creatures from so many different worlds, all of them from more advanced and all for, far more advanced and civilized than this one when it was just humans and ordinary animals. Even their calends, calendar system hearkened to the crossing and the time before and after it. H-E and V-E, human era and veneer era. Yeah, so... so it's like, like before Christ, after Christ. Yeah, so it's like 15,000 years ago. That's how long we now know Midgard is. So um, it'd be like if humans were on Earth and then aliens start coming in. Exactly, and now they are just like inter-socializing, inter-living, inter-breeding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is a side note, but it's actually pretty funny, so... Here we go. <laughs> Maybe our listeners will like... But I have this one thought, and I feel like you'll think... It's so funny. I was not high when I thought this. But you know how, like, we... So, one, the Earth is more water than land, but Mm -hmm. we live on the land. And you know how we just, like, dive into the ocean or we'll go scuba diving through a submarine and just completely disrupt, like, ocean life? Right. Imagine if there was a species down there who had the same, like, brain power we did and would just randomly, like, disrupt life on earth. earth like they would just come through and you'd be driving and be like oh huge bubble of whatever fish passing through <laughs> like isn't it funny that we just like completely go in we disregard all their laws like yeah like, fuck you but, like, can you imagine if it ever like, like shifted yeah <laughs> it would just be hilarious i mean that's basically what um therian goes through i think about it all the time i've never once had that thought <laughs> so okay um casey fell off the wagon <laughs> I'm always falling off the wagon. I'm more off the wagon than I am on yeah, the wagon. you really are. Probably crashed the wagon. You don't have a wagon. <laughs> okay, so now we know that their planet was not always mixed with... Veneer. Aliens. Yes, veneer. Um, okay. I also don't like how they called them veneer. Yeah, it took us a while to figure out what... Because it made it seem like they were bad, but it's just all, like, sort of some form of immortals. And because, like, veneer, like, teeth. Yeah. This is, okay, this is a chapter where we learn about the war. It's at the bottom of 45. Um, Reed is talking about why he was late, and it's something to do with the war or whatever. And he goes, 
Reports of territory across the Haldrian Sea were grim. See, that's what I'm saying. I think they're on the coast of the Haldrian Sea. I think the uh, river leaked out. The human resistance was prepared to wipe themselves out rather than submit to the Asteri and their elected Senate rule. For 40 years now, the war had raged in the vast Pangaea territory, wrecking cities, creeping towards the Sorny Sea. Should the conflict cross it, Crescent City, sitting on Valbara's southeastern coast, midway up the peninsula called the hand for the shape of the arid, mountainous land that jutted out. It's like Michigan. Yeah. So they would be the first one to take it, so they're definitely the coastal city on the water. Um, but that's just an it bit, so we know about it all. This it is kind of like Manhattan. Manhattan's like a... Yeah. It's on its own like, little island. Yeah. This chapter, honestly, there is a lot of detail about the, the history of the world, because then we learn about... The Angels Rebellion, what the SPQM means, how you can become a full citizen. House of Sky and Breath, House yeah. of Life and Blood. Um, we also, I think I put this in. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, so Reed is repeatedly not paying attention to Bryce. He's just kind of like on his phone while she's eating. So she's like, I'm going to leave. And we get this really weird scene with like this fae woman and this human girl or male human male and I honestly thought that like that they female was gonna play a bigger role in the book I thought that like obviously it's very inconsequential and it means literally fucking nothing but I thought it was gonna mean more the first time I read it I just took it as in like the veneer and fey take advantage of humans mm, okay like yeah they can like sex traffic them maybe I read it I read way more into it than that well I didn't read into much because you probably read few one chapters paragraph. Because I was like, what the fuck's yeah. going on? Yeah, okay. Um... Also, the first time we read these chapters, we had me, my sister, Emily, our friend Libby, all reading it. And so every time someone's page flipped, I was like, mine, mine. <laughs> <laughs> then we also were like, let's just listen to the audiobooks. We all like sat there on yeah. Ellen's floor. We all sat in a circle listening to audiobooks. I don't know if any of you guys listen to them. It is fucking hilarious. I can never do it. Like, I think I want to. So I'm training for the Chicago Marathon this summer, and I get so bored while listening that I honestly think I'm going to buy the audiobooks to whatever book we're reading then. I mean, think of how many books I could go through. But how often are you going to just laugh? Let's see how they pronounce the names. Who or cares? Like... That's okay. I laugh anyway. It's when I listen to podcasts when That's I'm running. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Connor texted her. Yep, Connor did text her. Which I don't really pay attention to a lot of that stuff because, like, they die. Sorry, guys. See, I was paying attention to a lot of the text because that's the only part where I was, like, excited by. But he's basically saying how he's, like, crazy for her, like, begging her to go on a date with him. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But Danica's also texting her being like, you should just go on a date with him, blah, blah, blah. And Reed is still just completely not even being present on the date at all. Yeah, because he's a fucking douchebag. Ladies, if you're listening and you ever... Bryce literally goes, one bite and I'll be done. I'm going. And he goes, all right. And she goes, no, I'm leaving. Thank you for dinner. That made him look up. What? Bryce, sit down and eat. She's like, this isn't working out. I fucking love that. Like, more power to you. And he didn't even come after her. Like, what a dick. Yeah, because, no, he does. He, like, pays quickly and, like, 
walks after her and she just like keeps walking, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, no, she doesn't. She just grabs a bottle of wine and leaves. Oh, wait, just kidding. You're right. I told you. <laughs> okay, he went after her, but whatever. He's still a dick. That's how I would picture if you married like an investment banker. Sorry if anyone. Are you in investment making? No equity research. Oh, okay. It's, a little, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not in investment banking if I'm sitting here at 820. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, so Bryce dumps Reed. Thank God. Connor's laying his heart on the table and his tax, which the, if a guy did that to me, I would probably cringe. The ick. Yeah, gross. Um... But anyways, Bryce then calls her two friends, Fury and Juniper, who Dana Carney told that she dumped Reed. Juniper is half fawn. What is... Oh, Sorry. Fury is an Axitar, Axilar. We don't know exactly what she is. But no, I'm asking how to pronounce it. Axilar. That's her last name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that's her last name. Oh. We just think she's like a merc, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's what they say. Axtar. Um, but anyways, Bryce calls them all and is like, fuck Reed, let's go party, which... Okay, um, Emily just realized that I never actually plugged in the mic. <laughs> so we had been, did you plug it in this time? Yep. Okay, so we had been doing that episode for about an hour and our mic was just sitting here as a prop. <laughs> <laughs> so if the audio sounds different, that's why. Um, okay, so pick off, pick up with um, them. Meeting up, Bryce Fury. Yeah, they're like, Jennifer. let's go get drunk and go to the White Raven, which is, like, the club that they always go to. Um, Bryce is like, she has, like, 30 minutes till they're ready to meet up with, like, Juniper and Fury can be there. So she's like, let's get into even more danger. So she goes and picks up some drugs. And this is when we first find out about Synth. What page is this on? 54 and 55. Sorry, yeah, right there. Oh, you're fine. Um, Bryce doesn't actually get the synth. She's like, no, thanks. What kind of drugs do you think they're on? Like, comparable. Definitely Coke. I think Mirth Root is, like... Weed. Weed. Yeah. And then uh, I think what... Do you think they're on, like, shrooms? Well... Or no, I think they're... I think it's, like, Coke and weed. You think? Yeah. Not, like, Molly. Oh, maybe Molly, yeah. I was thinking Molly and Coke. Yeah. But they say, like, I don't want to hallucinate. So I don't think anything like shrooms or acid or anything like that. Right. Uh, okay, well, are you going to touch on what she does there? Or is that the next? That's chapter? the next chapter. Okay. Chapter five. Mm-hmm. Um, this chapter gave me an anxiety attack. Why? Because it is literally... One, two, three, four, five, like seven pages of her stumbling home. And I knew the whole time, like why else would she stumble? You know what I mean? Like why would you make seven pages of her stumbling home 
if it wasn't going to be, like... I know. I did think a big part was going to be... Bryce was like, I couldn't remember how I got here. I don't remember paying for a cab for some you reason. I thought she was going to be, like, the one that killed them or yeah. something. Like, you know how in horror movies, like... I feel like it happened a lot of times where you're watching from the point perspective of someone trying to figure out what happened and then they have these flashbacks and realize that they're the murderer. Yeah. Like, I thought that's what was happening. So, like, I never had that thought. I just knew something was going to happen because I feel like SJM has a tendency to, like, her chapters and, like, her paragraphs jump around a lot and you never really see someone traveling to a destination unless something happens during that travel. Like, usually it's, like, Oh, they ended at the, like, gallery, and then the next chapter picks up in they're at Bryce's apartment. We never really see them traveling unless, like, in the other book where, like, Rune gets taken by the Reapers, like, and that was on a walk. Right. So, like, we never really see the, like, travel unless something bad mm-hmm. happens. So that's why I was like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Yeah. So that's really, like, the first five pages are Bryce stumbling. Wait, you didn't touch on something. Her what? What she did at the club. What? Oh, she fucked the lion shifter? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I just... So I, she's, she like, going to be with Connor in a yeah. few days. Didn't mean she had to behave. Well, it comes back up later. Right. So she ends up hooking up with the lion shifter in, like, the bathroom while texting mm-hmm. Danica to, like, come meet her out. Connor's, like, text me when you go home safe. Um, and they also see, like, a group of girlfriends all celebrating... <clears throat> Like wearing glow sticks because someone made the drop, and I just like I thought that was oh, fun I never because that. it just reminded because that's how like they pictured how they would celebrate, and I just mm-hmm. thought it was fun because they remind me like how people celebrate their twenty first birthdays. I think that's kind of sad that she saw that and then she never got to experience that because that mm-hmm. was an experience that she wanted to partake in. Yeah, that's a little sad that SJN made her witness that. Um. Okay. So yep, she's can smell the blood or something she goes in and she just sees the horrific scene that is all of her friends dead like slaughtered to a pulp like they say shredded stacked on top of each other yeah Yeah. and it's like all the pack of devils so connor um all those other people who i don't remember their names (laughs) thorn um yeah who else and I thought it was so sad how she goes into Danica's room and she can see that Connor died protecting Danica. Uh, it's so sad. This. So do you think she was hallucinating? Yeah. I think if I hadn't known Danica was dead, I would have thought she was hallucinating. If I hadn't known she was dead, I definitely would have thought that like she was captured and like forced drugs and was hallucinating mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um. So then she, like, hears something or whatever. She hears something in, like, the grate in the hallway. And she runs after the demon. The Crystallis demon. And doesn't she know by, like, the smell? Yeah, which... It smelled really bad. um, Okay, this. She goes... This is how she describes him. A demon, some feral thing with smooth, near-translucent gray skin. It crawled on four long, spidely limbs but looked vaguely humanoid. As if it was feasting on someone else. Ew. That is... The fact that she saw this thing and chased after it is a testament, though, to her friendship for Danica. Because she's even saying in her head, if I can just identify it, if I can just know what right. it looks like. And just so brave. I mean, it like bravery, really shows yeah. how brave she is and how much willpower she is. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that is how I would react. I... 
want to like believe in myself and be like oh I would be but no I would crumble on the ground and like maybe crying. if I was fucked up and like for some reason yeah. thought I was brave and like obviously when you have like an adre- adrenaline rush right. but I mean. but like I also like the whole scene on chat or on page 63 where like she's chasing after the crystallis demon running through the street like in her her bodycon dress and holding a table leg and she's just leaping over cars. And she's barefoot, and, tra- I and think, she's barefoot. Right? Yeah, and like we've already decided that we kinda that one's fine. <laughs> Casey just tried I'm to drink my wine glass. I'm losing Clearly, it. Clearly she's had a really busy day with work. Um, and I think she's sad because I'm leaving on Thursday and I won't be here mm-hmm. this week. The longest we'll ever be apart. No, it's not okay. Um so yeah, that just whole scene, like in my head when I was reading this was just like it was moving so fast that I was, like, visualizing it in my head, and I was like, oh, my God. But, so then, Bryces catches up to the demon, and he is feasting on an angel, who, we won't spoil who it is, but did you have any idea on who you thought it was? No, I had no idea. Me either. I, yeah, no. I, I mean, at that point, I was, I mean, at that point, I was just like, what's an angel? Like, yeah, I was so very I confused by the hierarchy and who was mm-hmm. what and all this. Um, I was confused by how, like, this demon was able to, like, kill the whole pack. And then, like, Bryce got away. So, like, I thought, like, when I was first reading this, I was like, oh, this demon isn't the one that killed them. I thought that this demon was, like, spying for the person that killed them. Yeah. Because Bryce was able to, like, defeat it almost. I honestly don't know if I was, like, thinking anything at this point. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, so is the question, or I don't know if we should answer this, is the reason the demon wasn't able to attack her because the amulet? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So that's why. Um, it's like it like made her immune to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why when she was with like it attacked Hunt because he had touched Danica's stuff. It was drawn to the horn, but she had the amulet to protect her. Right. You know what I was confused about this line? I'm still actually confused. Uh, on page 67, when she's talking on the phone, mm-hmm. it goes, Miss, holy God, the line crackled, they're coming. Was she telling that to Bryce, like, people are on their way to help? Yeah. Because I took that as the person on the phone saw something. They're like, oh, no, like, more is coming. Oh, I never had that thought. Which I'm sure that's not what happened. But yeah. does it, can you, like, see it reading that Like, way? reading differently? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think she kind of meant for that to happen. Yeah. Okay, so that ends with, as that's like the last paragraph on chapter five. Um, chapter six, this is our first time where we get a new POV. And it is Isaiah's, who, Isaiah Tiberian, who works for the Ox. He's an angel. He is a slave. He fought in the war 200 years ago. That Hunt, who we meet in this chapter as well, was like the commander of that war. And they basically were, like, trying to take down the Asterian, saying that, like, like dismantle the hierarchy. So all angels that fought in this war have that, like, crown. It's or, like, like a crown of thorns. Yeah, almost. like, tattoo Tattoos across. on their forehead. And it, like, limits their power or whatever. Wait, um, so you know how people have the SP whatever mm-hmm. on their wrist? Why do they have the crown as well? That's to control their power, and then that's to show that they're a slave. Ah, uh, okay. So, like, other creatures just have the SP, okay. whatever. But that, like, puts an anger right, on because Tent's power. so powerful. Yeah. Um, okay, this is what I wanted to read to you. Okay. Um, 
I have read this line over and over again and I have so many mixed feelings on it because Isaiah and Hunt have known each other for like 400 years or 300 years and this is on 69 Isaiah goes um or he heard a voice that said she's still not talking it took all two centuries of Isaiah's training on and off the battlefield to avoid flinching at that voice to slowly turn toward the angel he knew would be leaning against the doorway I that confused me because the relationship between Hutton and Isaiah is supposed to be a lot like camaraderie but like the fact that like he was like I am trying not to flinch and like that flinching to me shows that you're like scared or like you think something like bad's gonna happen I think I thought that was just to even demonstrate even with his dampered power like he's still so powerful okay but I understand what you're saying too yeah but I think that was more to convey to the reader like hunt there's something dangerous about him. okay that makes sense like conveying to the reader how powerful hunt is but like for me I like because you know how okay so not that people are scared of Reese but you know Reese's power like people like balk at his power or like shudder or flinch at it not like they're obviously scared but just the weight of his power like fills the room like that's kind of how I because it said even though I would not compare it was the baited silence before a thunderclap like the entire land held its breath when he was near like I think there's when he steps in the his power like fills the room okay I think I'm a little jade, not jaded, but like biased because. Biased what? I hold a torch to Reese and your points are very valid and I never have those thoughts. Oh, like you don't think Hunt is as powerful? Yeah. I don't know if I think of the powers in Akatar a lot different than this. Like this bloodlines and bloodlines down, they're very more specific. I don't think maybe they're saying this Derry can do this but I mean Reese can blink and kill people to mist, mist yeah. like no one can do that like yeah. it's a very targeted powers like more like siphons right okay I mean we are team Reese and till we die oh, of course we are. love that man love that man with all my heart I love him I was telling Emily so after I finish CC2 I think I'm gonna reread of Cora Mist and Fury just because I need to be back in Frenthia like, I miss the world. I miss the inner circle. Oh, like, I just ass, miss them a lot. Ass. They just bring me... I mean, it, like, they feels me... like a book family. Yeah, like, <laughs> I am, like, when I am, like, reading about them or talking about them, I'm like, oh, those are my friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> me too. I love them. They're not. Um, oh, and then this is also what I want to talk about this chapter. So, Hunt and Isaiah arrive at the scene. Um, Bryce is there with the angel um okay this Bryce is still like she's basically in shock like she's like not moving like she is just like still crouching down um okay Hunt had cursed up a storm as he knelt before her and she bucked nearly kicking him in the balls but then he pulled off his helmet looked her right in the eye and told her to calm the fuck down she'd fallen completely still just stared at Hunt blank and hollow she didn't so much as flinch with each punch of the staple gun Hunt had pulled from the st- small med kit built into his battle suit. She just stared and stared and stared at the Umbra Mortis. So, what Patreon? 70. So, I loved that, and I can, I parallel that scene to when Reese stumbled when he saw Feyre under the mountain, because I think that right there is like, you know me, I'm not the biggest Hunt and Bryce fan. 
But I think that is a testament to their connection towards one another when, like, in this moment of mass panic and chaos, like, his face and his voice was the only thing that was able to, like, center her. I don't think she's centered. She was already silent. No, she wasn't. She was screaming. Is, are they not in the jail right now? No, this is, like, still at the crime scene. I hate using this book instead of the Kindle Journal. Yeah. This is, like, they're still at the crime scene. This is when he's stapling her leg, like, on the I ground. I didn't feel their connection. I think I texted you the moment I compared yeah. it to Reese Under the Mountain, and it wasn't this. It was yeah. so this is like when a, they were, like, shooting together. I think this is, like, a flashback to when, like, she had been nearly, nearly feral, had thrashed as they guided her back to the ground, Isaiah calling for a medwitch as the blood washed out of her thigh, and artery had been hit. So then, like, this chapter is then they're in the right okay. um, interview yeah. room. And then that's when she, which this is, like, I, okay, hang on. There's a part that I said I wanted to read. Um, oh, okay. Where is it? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Well, not a little bit, but, like, do you want to talk about, like, Isaiah and Hunt talking about Bryce while she's in the interview room or, like, not really... It's like they're just like staring at her while she's being asked questions. By, no, but they I, think that she is like lost in another world, like not sure what's going on. Yeah, which I think is important to highlight. Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about was Isaiah is talking about Hunt's power and whatever, and he goes, um, "It had been Hunt's salvation and destruction," and that line. I think holds so much weight and it is so true for Hunt because like his he is so fucking powerful and he is able to like it is his salvation but the reason he is so powerful is the reason so many people come after him right and it's the reason Sahar like because he's used as an asset yeah and like it's the reason that like he is seen as like a threat because Mm -hmm. he is so powerful yeah but it's also the reason people kept him alive when they realized he was like um rebelling against the steering because they wanted his power and I just absolutely loved that. Like, I just loved that line. Like, I think those, like, six words were just, like, such an amazing thing. I don't know. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, so, yeah, this is their, like, Bryce is in the interview room. She's silent. Sabine comes in, and it's just a fucking bitch. You know what's funny is it says Sabine looked barely older than Bryce Quinlan. Oh. Mm-hmm. But she goes, where's that half-breed whore? I'll fucking kill her. So she must have did the drop when she was younger. Um, so, yeah. And then, let me check my notes. Are you going to talk about the conversation they have about Sabine? What conversation? So, so, Sabine is pissed, but, like, I mean, pissed at Bryce, and her daughter just died. Yeah. And so Isaiah goes, I understand you're grieving, but do you have a reason, Sabine, to want Bryce dead? Sabine snarled, pointing at Bryce. She took the sword. That wannabe wolf took Danica's sword. I know she did. It's not the apartment. It's mine. Like, her daughter is dead. And that's what you're fucking worried about? And that's what she's worried about. Yeah. Sabine, I think we said this before. Um, She needs to die, like, no. An awful fucking death. Yeah. She's absolutely terrible. I have a no hint of any goodness coming from her. Me either. I don't... Yeah, I hate her. Um, the part that I wanted to talk about is 
they think, like, Victoria, who's interviewing Bryce, she's in the room with her, Hunt, and Isaiah are watching, like, through the, what's the thing? Two-way mirror. Yeah. Like, the interrogation Um, They're watching, and Victoria thinks it's a good idea to play the audio recording of Danica being murdered and all of them being murdered, which I was so appalled. Yeah, I was too, but I also... I feel like when people do interrogations and they're not giving them anything, they try to do stuff to, like, get a reaction out of them. Mm. Because at this, like, at this point, like, Bryce is considered, like, she's not officially a suspect, but they need, like, they haven't ruled her out. Um, And then Hunt, again, is the only one that can calm her down. She goes fucking berserk. She flips the table. She starts vomiting, which I thought that was a really weird thing to add in. That, that like, she, she started vomiting. Vomiting everywhere, which I mean, I guess I get it. She was drunk and on a bunch of drugs and then mm-hmm. all of this shit, so I would probably vomit too. Um, but I also love how I love this. So, hey, Hunt knelt at Bryce's side. He reached for her shoulder but lowered his hand. How many people have ever saw the hands of the Umbra Mortis reach for them without no, with no hint of violence? Hunt nodded toward the destroyed table and chair and goes, impressive. Which, like, I think the more we are reading this again, I am starting to like Bryce and Hunt mm. more the second time around. Which, like, I never thought I would say those two words. I feel like the last time we talked, you were coming around to them a little bit more. Yeah, I think I'm slowly getting little tidbits of their connection that's making it stronger for me. Yeah. Also, during this scene, I thought that... So, I thought that Bryce had, like, a secret power that would come out before the drop. So did I. Like, I thought that's the power that, like, made all the furniture go, like, crazy. Yeah, I thought (laughs) she... It was just her being, like, that mad. Same. I thought there was something more. Um... Do we want to talk about what we picture Hunt and Isaiah to look like? I don't picture Isaiah looking like... I don't picture Isaiah, really. Do you? I picture him a little bit older. That's about it. I picture him like a smooth R&B jazz player. Yeah. I don't know why. So I don't have... Like just, I don't know what I feel about Isaiah. I almost have a little bit of distrust there. Really? I don't know why. I think he's almost just, like, too naive. Like, him and, like you said, Hunter are supposed to be great friends, but they're not. And I think it's almost... I mean, Isaiah got fucked over by Hunt years ago. Royally. I think they respect each other mm -hmm. and trust each other in a job sense. they respect each other's power. Yeah. And not the... Well, what's Isaiah? Isaiah's less powerful than Hunt. Yeah, but, like, I think Hunt respects him and i think isaiah sees hunt's power and respects hunt for his power yeah i think so too yeah they both respect each other i wouldn't say they're like besties right like rune deck and flynn oh yeah the boys the boys so this is also when um they get a phone call and it is rune saying like this is officially when we meet rune and he is saying let her fucking go she (laughs) is they go by saying that Bryce is his cousin. Um, Rune and Hunt get into it. All that stuff. Um, this is what I wanted to talk about. Bottom of 85, Rune has the star sword, which we know is super important. It goes 
Let's I'm just gonna read all of this. Rune Danan, Crown Prince of Val. Bar- I say Danon. Danon. Okay. Valbarian, Valbarian Fay, son of the Autumn King and current possessor of the Star Sword, fabled Dark Blade of the ancient Starborn Fay, proof of the Prince's chosen one status among the Fay. Whatever the hell that meant. That sword was currently strapped across Rune's back and its black hilt devouring the glaring first lights. Isaiah had once heard someone say the sword was made from iridium mined from a meteorite forged in another world before the Fae had come through this northern rift. So when I first read this, I didn't think anything of it. My second reread was like, okay, forged from another world. She wouldn't have put that in if it wasn't from another world. I 1,000% believe that it is from somewhere else. I and thought that just referred to it was in Pangera. So I feel like it came from another planet or somewhere because it was brought in when the Asteri came through the Northern right. Rift. So I feel like the Asteri or like another creature brought it through with them. Yeah. But just my two cents. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Okay, that's all I had for Chapter 6. Bryson or... Hunt and Rune just get into it. They basically just puff their chests over who is the bigger alpha a-hole, as Bryce would call them. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? No, it does point out that Rune doesn't have a lot of power, though, and he is the Autumn King's son. Which is very interesting. Um, I really feel like Rune has more power. He just hasn't tapped into it. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's almost like he is... Because I think it's kind of like how Feyre was in Akatar, to where like she had all this power and it was just sitting in her and she didn't know how to harness it but and use it. But hers was like going to explode out of her if she didn't. And I feel like Rune just doesn't know how to tap into his. Like I think it's like a mental shield and he is so like... He has pushed everything about himself away almost. Like he hates his father. He hates all of the like legacy that's put on him that I think he's just like won't let himself lose control and like have all that power yeah I mean he has power through mind reading which is a type of power it's just not lethal power yeah but the only reason I don't think so is because his power is descended from that horrible like prince that they talk about oh the guy that like raped the queen and got the sword yeah 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 like betrayed them Mm -hmm. interesting I wonder how that's going to come into play. Which we shall see. Is it in the last 100 pages of my book? Ugh. Ugh. I need to finish. I don't even know if I'll finish tonight. I'm so tired. It's going to 4 a.m. Okay. Um, well, chapter 7. Um, okay, well, 6 ends with basically find out that they put a tracking device in Bryce's water. They have it for three days. Yada, yada, yada. Not that much. Um, chapter 7 picks up with... Bryce's parents had come from Nadaros. They're in the hotel room. Um, Chapter 7 doesn't pick up like that. Yeah, it does. No, she's kneeling before the bone quarter. Oh, well, like, yeah, because she woke up in the hotel room and snuck out and then went to the bone quarter. I was getting there. Oh. Sorry. So she basically snuck out. It's the day of the sailing, which is when um, everybody... Like, when you die, they put you in a boat or whatever, and they sail you across the Eastros, I think. Mm-hmm. And either your boat tips, and that means you're not worthy of going into their version of, like, hell and an afterlife. Do they go to the River Queen? 
100%. No, they're eaten by the Sobics. Oh, ew, yes. Yeah, 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 they're eaten by the Sobics. Or you're deemed worthy and you get to go into the afterlife. Um, so we don't really know. This is just Bryce going to the um, bone quarter. And it's only one page, or like a page and a half. Um, when I first read this, I had a couple thoughts. I thought... One, she was having a dream, and this was just like... During this. Yeah. And then two, um, she was secretly, like, watching the sailing and, like, from, like, veiled or something. Um, And two, she was... Or three, that was my third idea. She was offering her in place. Herself in place. It's so hard for me to think back to, like, what I originally thought... I, I wish I would have done what I did for FBAA book two where I like wrote down my thoughts as I came yeah. across them. Um, I think she was just in mourning. Like I think oh, she was okay. just so upset. Like I pictured the bone quarter at that time like a graveyard, like the entrance of a graveyard with the gates. And she was like going I pictured like, her just respects. kneeling and just like so distraught. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Um, this book is going to take so long to get through. Wow. I know. There's just so much detail. Like now... We skip. We missed a lot. We skimmed a lot. Like I honestly would want to really take my time and read it slowly, but I'll just take away from so much other reading time. I know, and we have so much on our TBR. TBR to be read. <laughs> Do you just make that up? No, it's a phrase. Everybody uses it. Who? Book talk. <laughs> I like Instagram okay. community. I don't like getting on book talk because. Like, I only like book talk about books I've read, but most, 90% of what's on book talk isn't. So I just, like, like, they're not fun to watch. Um, I feel like that's a personal problem. <laughs> like, you know how they show, like, a bunch of, like, these are the steamy books I've read? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm writing those down. Oh, I you? like them. Yeah. I like them, and then we I We have literally, like, 45 books to read. I read two books in the span of I mean, the that's t- insane. <laughs> Emily doesn't know what to do on days she doesn't see me. <laughs> Casey was busy one day, and I read an entire book. I read yeah. the entire A Touch of Darkness book on that day. I know. You know, it'll be hard for me. So, like, obviously, we can't do podcasts as fast as we read. But right now, like, we're somewhat in sync, Yeah, I guess. But, like, I'm obviously going to be reading a lot faster than... We're probably still going to be doing Crescent City by the time we're done with Throne of Glass. Podcasting? Yeah. We might... I have to, like, record our Throne of Glass episodes and just save them as drafts. Yeah, that's true. But I... So when you were reading Crescent City, did you like it at first? The first one? Mm -hmm. No. I did not like it. It was just a lot. It was... But I kept going. Like, the first Akatar book I put down, I didn't pick it up for weeks. So I think I hold SJM to an unfair pedestal. And I, like, expect so much from her. And I know that of myself. Because, like, I give other authors so much slack. Like, her books, I definitely just hold her to another pedestal. And I was just, like... So I feel like Crescent City is a lot of, like, drama. Like, there's just, like, a lot of conversation and a lot of, like, someone saying this and someone saying that and then this happening and then them being fine. And it's just a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. And it's not a lot of, like, I'm, like, what's the goal? Story. Like, yeah, I'm, like, where are we going? Yeah. And that's where, like, you love that. And you're, like, I love all these tiny little stories and tiny mm-hmm. little missions and tiny little things. And I'm, like, 
I don't. <laughs> right. And I did, like, it was weird for me not to know who the antagonist was for the yeah. longest time. Like, it's hard to know who the villain is. And I kind of love, like, Amarantha, I think, is the most perfect villain. Yeah. Like, we love to hate her. She's just, like, cruel in the best way. But, like, obviously she didn't all of a sudden become good. Like, it wasn't, like, this crazy plot twist. Exactly. And that's where, like, I really struggle with Crescent City is because, like, I just, like, don't feel like I can trust anything. So I'm like, oh, that person's not being real. Or, like, that's a lie. Or, like, this person's going to die. Or this is a plot twist. So I never feel like I am able to connect with the characters because I just, like, don't trust them fully. I'm surprised you don't, though. Like, I like it because it reminds me of psychological thriller books. So you always get different POVs and like the last 100 pages, everything connects. Yeah. And then everything goes to shit. And like I really like those types of books, but I feel like psychological thrillers have gone to the point where I can predict them. And this book, I was explaining to my sister, who doesn't like fantasy as much, but I'm like, the last 300 pages make up for everything you have to get through in the beginning. Yeah. That's very true. It's like you get all this like fat in the middle. And then you get to the, like, yeah. meaty parts at the end. And you're like, okay. And it's like, but it's like 300 pages of just, like, little, like, stories. Yeah. But I really like it because I think we've said this in podcasts. Like, I really like Bryce. And I think the book's, like, really funny. <laughs> yeah. I do think that, like, what this book does very well, like, besides the world building, who, like, SJM is amazing at that, she gives her characters so much depth and like mm-hmm. that's something that like I have not found in another book and like even when I like read other books like I struggle understanding a character's motivation behind like why they say something or why like they act a certain way or why like they're in a certain mood and like I feel like she does a very good way of explaining that to us so like when Hunt acts a certain way or when he's in a mood we're like oh I know why or like mm-hmm. because of this like we get the full picture of the character and not just like this surface level of them yeah and that's something that like I will continue to read her books because of that yeah I like it too what's funny is in book one I hated every time we got to Rune's perspective because you yeah I was really attached to Bryce and now I love Rune's we perspective. are t- team Rune Re- yeah. Rune is literally this is though I think this is the longest book I've ever read in my entire life it's long it's really really long and because like the font is so small too like it's not yeah this one is definitely longer than the second one because they're the same page length and but the second one's taller like i think the second one's longer oh really i don't know well what does the font look like because the second one's a lot taller than the first one but the font's bigger oh it is yeah see are you upset that i'm doing this yeah it's a little bit bigger um, also, if any of you have the second book, I have Bryce's bonus chapter. We are on the hunt. See what I did there? Mm, clever. <laughs> For Therian's and Rune's bonus chapter, because we did not get those versions. No. But I'm sure I'll be able to find them. Should I post my chapters online so people can read them? I don't know. Like, is that technically copyright? People do it. Definitely. Yeah, but maybe let other so. people risk it. Okay, fine. <laughs> um... So, do we have anything else to say about questions? I don't think so. I think, so, we're going to try to do it in, like, seven chapter increments just mm-hmm. because, I mean, this is an hour and a half. Like, I and don't we think skimmed. we could do any more. Yeah. yeah. Um, we might have a fun guest star. She was supposed to come time. this time, but 
we live farther or like far away from her so she'll be on our next one yep so stay tuned follow us on instagram follow us on tiktok Mm -hmm. we'll send updates over there maybe we'll do like instead of a podcast like a live thing of us talking about book two like initial oh that'll be fun yeah yeah and then once casey's done with um, House of Sky and Breath, we are going to start reading Throne of Glass. I have to finish Four Blood and Ash, oh, book three. shit, okay. We, I have to finish Honestly, Throne Blood and Ash. Honestly, I don't even care. No, we, <laughs> and the fourth From Blood and Ash comes out in March. Yeah, but we'll be reading. I don't know if I'm, I'm a Four Blood and Ash gal. I fucking love it. I love it so much. I like it a little bit I really want to finish, or I want to start and finish reading The Secret Life of Addie LaRue. Oh, that's really good. I love that. You're going to like that. Yeah. So we'll see. But that, that's our plan. Yeah. Um, anyways. Cheers. Cheers.